Welcome to Inside the Pages, presented by the Cornerstone of Grace, located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. Sunday praise and worship begins at 9 a.m., Wednesday Bible study at 7 p.m. We believe the Bible is the Word of God, therefore we're faithful, we're bold, we believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. Again, we want to thank you for joining the online service. If you need prayer, want you to let us know. We cannot pray for you. We cannot read your mind. But if you let us know, then we know to pray for you. If you're looking for a church home, if you're looking for growth, if you're looking for ministry, I want to invite you to join us. Grow with us and be blessed with us. I want to remind you that Pentecost 2024 will, is just a few months away, 115 days. Please visit ConnectingTruth.org regarding the service that is being presented by COG, Cornerstone of Grace, and Anchor Above. Continue to pray for us as we pray for you. We're going to go before the Lord in a word of prayer and let's seek God with our whole hearts. He has a word and God's word is the only word that matters. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for your goodness and grace. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your love and mercy, Lord. We pray and ask that you will go before us on this day. Lord God, help us to seek you while you can be found. Help us to feel for you. Lord God, to touch you as the woman touched the hem of your garment and she was made whole. We want to be made whole. Lord God, there are those that are listening, that are tuning in, that want to be made whole. Hallelujah. Bless you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Lord God, bless your people, Lord. Bless each one that is under the sound of my voice, those that are present, those that are listening, those that will be listening later as, they're, as they rise up or as they begin to lay down to relax from the day of work. I ask that you would bless those that are sick in their body, Lord. You can heal them. The medicine that they may be taking, Lord God, let it work as it was designed to do. I pray for, that you would touch the minds and the hands of the doctor, the nurses, Lord, to take care of our elders and those that are elderly. Lord God, that you would bless, Lord, those that have been faithful to you. Lord, continue to encourage their hearts to lift them up. We look unto you as the author and the finisher of our faith, Lord. Bless those that are tearing for the Holy Ghost. Fill them with your spirit. Lord God, we ask these blessings in the name of Jesus. Bless your word today. Lord God, help us to minister your word the way you want it to be done. 
Lord God, open our understanding. Help us, Lord God, to embrace, to hear, and to embrace your word. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name. There is a song that was, uh, that we used to sing many years ago, and it's a very simple song. I just ask that you would, you would sing a little bit of this song with me. You know, it's, it's a very, it's, it's not a loud song or hand clapping, foot stomping or anything, but it will, it can bless your heart. It, the song is simple. It says, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. From the bottom of my heart to the depths of my soul. Yes, Lord. Completely, yes, my soul says yes. Those are the words of the song. I'm not, we'll, we'll come back to that in a moment. I just wanted to introduce it to you. It's a very simple song. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. From the bottom of my heart. Can you just tell him yes? To the depths of my soul, yes, Lord, completely, yes, my soul, completely, yes, Lord, completely, yes, completely, yes, Lord, that's what we hear, and that's what we're saying to our Savior, completely, yes. It's time to sell out to God. If you have not already sold out to him, I want to encourage you to sell out to God. Give God your all. Give him your all. At the beginning of 2020, the world got a glimpse of what is to come. We were all under house arrest. Couldn't go nowhere. Stores were empty. Toilet paper gone, people was harvesting everything to themselves. That was just a glimpse of what is to come. And I, when I say a glimpse, I mean that glimpse is about the size of the head of a needle. That's how small that glimpse is. Now, that may seem big to all of us, but that's pretty small compared to what is to come. If you haven't seen or experienced anything else and you don't want to, then you're going to want to listen, pay close attention to the message this morning. All right, at this time, we're going to have opening scripture uh, and, and then we're going to go into the word of God. Psalms 100. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye land. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that have made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and unto his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name for the lord is good 
His mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth all generations. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto your own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. May the, may the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word. Acknowledge him in all your ways, and he shall direct our path. And there's instructions there that tell us not to lean to our own understanding. It also tells us that we should do this with our whole heart. We're going to go into the word of God. I don't know if I'll be able to finish all that is, that is in my heart. But I want to persuade you. I want to influence you to, uh, to, to live a sanctified life. To live a life that God is pleased with. Church is not a country club. It's not an entertainment uh, facility. If you want entertainment, go to the movies. Go to the comedy club. Go some go 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 someplace that specializes in entertainment. But the church is a place that God has established for the saving of souls, the replenishing, the restoration of us, and telling us how to live a life, this life. When the Lord delivered Peter and John, I believe it is, from jail, he told them to go and to tell the people. Mm-hmm. Go and tell the people about this life. It's important that we know and understand about this life. This life is like no other life. This is different. This is a life that is that exemplifies the power of God. It exemplifies it. It shows what what God can and will do. And, and so it's important that we understand this life. Well, let's open our Bibles up to the book of Revelation. And some may be using their digital device. Others may be using their their paperback. You know, I, I like paper and I, I do stress that you um, that you have your Bible, that you have your Bible with you. And so we're going to start with Revelation. And it's going to tie into everything else that, that we're talking about uh, this morning that will be exhorted, that may be preached, that 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 may be sung about however the Lord wants to get the word out. The Bible said that Peter, uh, that Peter uh, with many other words told the people to, to save themselves from this untorn generation. 
And so the third chapter of Revelation, Lord bless your word, Lord, bless your people. It says, and to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write these things, said he that is holy, he that is true, he that have the key of David, he that open and no man shut it. Many people like that. God opened the door for me. Can't nobody shut it. And he shuts it and no man can open it. So the door swings both ways. Depending on your life, you don't know what's on the other side of that door. But listen, he said, I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength. If you have a little strength this morning, nobody knows it but you. A little strength. God refers to their, their tenacity as being a little strength. Said that you kept my word is important. God has an expectation that you keep his word. And you have not denied, thou hast not denied my name. Behold, yes, Lord, you not deny his name. The power of salvation is in the name of Jesus. The Bible tells us it's clear about that. There's no other name under heaven whereby we must be saved. When Jesus was, uh, when Mary was impregnated by the Holy Ghost, she was, they were told that the child's name would be called Jesus for he shall save the people from their sin. When you turn your back on God's name, I can't help it, pastor, I can't help it. I, I've got to see it. I, I've got to scratch this itch that, uh, that just keeps itching. I, I've got to do it. I've got to participate in this act of sin you're denying the power of the name of Jesus. You're saying that you can't get out of it. You're saying that it's so overwhelming that you've got to cave, you've got to give into it instead of calling upon the name of Jesus, instead of getting the help that is needed. But thou hast not denied my name. Behold, I make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews, they're pretenders, and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet and to know that I have loved thee. I'm going to make them bow down. I'm going to cause your enemy to not only leave you alone, but they're going to humble themselves before you. Why? because thou hast kept the word of my patience, verse 10. I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world, to try them that dwell upon the earth. He says, behold, I come quickly. The Lord's been saying that for a long time. I come quickly. He's been saying that for a while, which only means that He's near. He's close. You don't know when he's going to make his appearance. 
Behold, I come quickly. Thank God he didn't come in 1961. Thank God he didn't come in 1971. Thank God he didn't come in 81 or 1991 or 2001. Many would not have made it. He's been merciful. He's been kind. He said, I would that no man would perish. Behold, I come quickly. Time is running out. I come quickly. Time is running out. These are not just words. Time is running out. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast. If you have a prayer life, hold on to it. If you are your personal devotion, don't let nobody persuade you to stop being uh, faith, uh, being faithful to your personal devotion time with God. You ought to have a personal time with God outside of church. That no man take thy crown. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God. I'll establish you, set you up. And he shall go no more out. I'm going to write, I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which coming down out of heaven from my God. And I will write upon him my new name. You may have heard me say this before. When it's all said and done, the name of Jesus is not going to exist for salvation. There's a new name. I will write upon him my new name. If you are saved because you have heard the word of God and you are obedient to what is being told to you, you've been obedient to the word of God, every preacher, Everyone that exhorts the word of God that teaches and preaches and writes and sing about it should be pointing you to Christ, not to themselves, not to be glorified. I was watching uh, someone that was playing the drums and they felt that they played it so well and everybody was, was happy with his play and that when he got finished, he, he stood up as if he stood up to take a bow. Should nobody be that enthusiastic in church. God gave the breath in our body. God said, I'll give my glory. I'm not going to give my glory to anyone else. Preacher might preach well. That glory still belongs to God. The singer might sing well. That glory belongs to God. The teacher Whomever is presenting a service unto the Lord may do it well. That glory belongs to God. He that have an ear, let him hear. You listening this morning? I hope you are paying close attention to what is being said. He that have an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Want to take a thought this morning? And that is to be steadfast. 
Be steadfast. Be unmovable. Don't sell out to anyone for anything but God. Don't sell out to anyone. Don't sell out for anything but God. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, 50th verse, it says, now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither do corruption inherit incorruption. Let me read that again. This I say, brethren, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither do corruption inherit incorruption. If you're going to live a comfortable lifestyle, you got to do something, and that's be disciplined. If you're going to have friends, you, you've got to do something, and that is be friendly. And if you are going to be saved, then you've got to do something, and that is live holy. The majority of people, church attendees, including parishioners, are barely going to make it into the kingdom. Let me say that again. And I may say it again afterwards. Church attendees. Now, I, I'm saying church attendees because I want to make sure that that and, and leave it in your head, your mind, your spirit, that you make sure that you identify yourself as not just a church attendee, but that you are a saint. That God is coming back for the saints, not church attendees. Anyone that is attending the service is an attendee. But are you living a sanctified life? Church attendees, this is a time to examine yourself, check yourself. Church attendees, am I just an attendee? Do I attend service out of habit? Do I come because my mother was a, was a Catholic and so I was raised a Catholic, I was born a Baptist and all of those different uh, cliches that we have in our lives that we hold on to as if they are so precious. There's nothing more precious than the word of God. There's nothing more precious than the truth. And so uh, and that includes the parishioners. Well, my, my daddy was a, was a, was a parishioner and now I'm, I'm following his footsteps. That is not my testimony, but there are those that, that follow that. But understand that the majority of people are barely going to make it into the kingdom of God. Will you be one of them? Some are not going to make it at all because they're influenced by their flesh. They're influenced by society. Well, man, you know what? Uh, what's that song? I'm only human. You know, I make mistakes too. You better cut that mess out. You better cut that mess out. No one, God didn't write that in his word. He didn't write that in his word that you, you, you have to sin. More than the word of God, influenced by everything else except the word of God. 
Now, let's look at this parable. You, you've heard me often refer to this, but let's look at it a, a little deeper this morning. That is uh, Matthew's, the 25th chapter, beginning at the first verse. Now, please, please, if you can uh, text someone, give them the link, tell them they need to hear this. Don't ignore this message. Do not ignore this. Matthew's the 25th chapter, beginning at the first verse, it says, then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened unto 10 virgins, which took their lamps. All 10 of them had lamps. And they went forth to meet the bridegroom. All 10 of them went forth to meet the bridegroom. They took their lamps. The lamp represents life. They took their lives. It also represents your word. Your word. You are as good as your word. The fifth verse in the 16th, the fifth chapter in the 16th verse, same uh, chapter um, book, excuse me. It said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. That's where I get the, the fact that your life is a light. The 12th chapter in the 36th verse says, but I say unto you that every idle word, every idle word that man shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. Every idle word. You have to be careful what you're saying, which means you need to, we all, every one of us, have to give more thought to what we're about to say in our response to what has been said to us. Every idle word. Well, I was just joking. I, I didn't really mean it that way. Look, every idle word, everything. God is judging everything. Well, no, he, he's not that. He don't take things to a minute. He don't, he don't stoop that. Yes, he does. It's written right there in the, the 12th chapter in the 36th verse. That every idle word that man shall speak. You know, we ought to pray and Lord, let our words be seasoned with grace. But we have to be careful with what we say and what we say to our children. We got to be careful. We got to be careful what we say to them. How do we respond to them? If my name is my name is Carl, call me by my name. Don't don't call me a devil. Don't 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 tell me that. Uh, don't don't say nothing that's negative. I was talking with a brother, and I asked him one. We were talking one day. We were sitting here in the church, and and I said, um, I said, you know, we we were having a discussion, and I, I said, you know, was there something that your mom referred to you, you know, when you was a little child? You know, all those had different little names that, you know, if you go around my, my, my family on my father's side, um, you'll often hear them say silver. And that was my, my name growing up and, and it has stuck with me and all of us, we still use those, those names when we get together and different things. He said that his nickname was Spawn of Satan. I thought he was kidding. 
but they felt and the way he was raised was that if you was born with an impediment, you was the devil's child. And there are many people that still believe that today. They didn't build him up. They tore him apart. Don't tell your child that they're of the devil. Don't plant that seed in them. I knew a, a, a sister that was in church that used to tell her children, you, you, you of another spirit. You don't know what spirit you of. You, uh, the spirit of the enemy is using you and all those different things. Well, today, all those children are scattered. They, they're different places. They've moved out. You don't know what sticks with you as a child. And so you have to be careful what you say. Every idle word that a man speaketh, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words would never hurt me. That is a lie. That's a lie. We're healed from the, from the bruises. Matter of fact, there's been people that have had fights, beat each other up bad, and then became friends afterwards and defend each other as well. The words, the words is what stick with us that hurt so bad that goes deep into our spirit. We got to be careful what we say. Every outer word that a man speaks shall give an account of, therefore in the day of judgment. The second verse says, and five of them were wise. Five of them were wise. And five were foolish. Listen to the descriptive here. Five were wise. And five were foolish. During their lifetime. Now we can do the math here. 50% of them were wise. 50% were foolish. Which group are you in? What group are you in this morning? Are you in the wise? Or are you with the foolish? You know, and you know the truth. You know where you compromise and where you don't. I'm saying don't compromise and any of be strong, be strong, be steadfast, be unmovable. Don't sell out to anything but God. Ladies and gentlemen, you should be asking yourselves, what made them wise? And what made them foolish? You ought to be questioning that. So that you are not like them or so that you're not like the foolish, but you're like the wise. How do I compare with the wise? When I, when I line myself up, how do I compare to them? How do I compare to the foolish? Those that were foolish took their laps and they took no oil with them. They took the lamps, but they didn't take any oil. The foolish uh, represents a lifestyle of neglect. It represents, or they represent a lifestyle of complacency. 
they represent a lifestyle of excuses, just excuse after excuse and, you know, just not, there's no press in them. You see, their lack of oil is also a lack of discipline. Their lack of oil is a nonchalant attitude. This was not something new for them. This is how they function. This is how they carried themselves. Well, I'll get to it tomorrow. Uh, and then tomorrow come, I'll get to it the next day. And the next day, next thing you know, time has gone by and nothing has really been done. It was a repeated action. When we repeat an action for so long, it becomes a habit. When we repeat that habit over and over again, it becomes a lifestyle. When you do something for so long, it is because you are familiar with it. Thank God for that, that word. Someone was, was, at, was in a meeting and, and the minister ministered that particular subject, being familiar. We are too familiar. And I thank God for them sharing that. When you do something for so long, it is because you are familiar with it. It becomes your area of comfort. Even when it is uncomfortable, even when it is something that you know you should not be doing, however, it's comfortable. The pain of it is something that you're willing to bear because it's an area of comfort, it becomes the norm. Even though it may hurt, you're willing to deal with that element of pain because you're familiar with it. When you want to stop, it requires change and change is an effort. And it is also unfamiliar territory until you become acquainted with it. Even an abnormal act can seem normal until the cycle is broken. I was counseling and talking with a, a woman that was about to get married and she felt that abusive relationship was normal because the relationship she had been in before was very abusive, had so much control on her mentally. And even in, in talking, she said, well, I felt that that was normal. If you're, not, if you're not abusing me, then you don't love me. And after all of that counseling, after all of that talk, divorced the man and then turned around and remarried him went right back into what was abusive of relationship. I don't know if it's abusive today. My prayer and hope is that they are living a blissed life and that they both have matured and gotten away from that. I don't know. But the point is, is that was her norm. It was abnormal for, for, for anyone else, but that was her norm and she liked it. If she liked it, sometimes you have to say they like it, I love it. 
because you're not going to change their mind. If God hasn't didn't change their mind, no, no one's going to be able to change them. What seems normal? Church attendees seem normal. It's normal to go to church on Sunday. Go to church, be encouraged to dance. Rejoice, feel good. Told that you're now in the presence of God. We were having a conversation this morning as we were setting up for service, checking the mics and talking about the lighting and, and uh, for the CLG TV and what is right and what is wrong and what we're seeing that needs to be worked out. And we're talking about music, how babies, one year old, just infants, they standing up on the side of the table, holding onto the table and they hear the beat of a sound and they begin to bounce. Don't know the words, can't repeat the words, but they're bouncing. When we go to church and we hear the organ, they do their little run. And all of a sudden, we start to sway and, and we start to bounce and, you know, and run around the church because it is emotional. It's a good feeling. It don't mean that you're living a sanctified life. But we've become acquainted with that. It feels good for the moment. Someone may believe and say that, oh, we went in today. We were in service and we went in. What did you go into? You didn't go into God. The Bible said in, in the year Isaiah 6, the sixth chapter, it says in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. So if you went in, did you see God? I saw the Lord and he was high and he was lifted up and his train filled the temple. There was a lot of people that had been following God for many years. When you read the scripture, it says his train filled the temple. That is not a cloth garment. That's the people of God that are standing in his presence. His train filled the temple. Followers, believers, those that were sanctified, those that are holy, that lived a life that was pleasing in the sight of God. They were wise and not foolish. We went in, we had a good time, but you didn't see the Lord. When Isaiah said that, that I saw the Lord, he was high lifted up and I heard the praise that was going on and it impacted the, the entire place where we were. The angels were crying, holy, holy. They were, everybody was magnifying God. I examined myself immediately. I said, I'm a man of unclean lips and the people that I'm around are unclean. He felt convicted. When you step into the presence of God, it will convict your heart of sin. If there's no conviction of the sin that you're committing, you are not in the presence of God. And without that conviction, you don't repent. Then you leave the service after you done jump, dance around, and go sin some more. No change is required. 
Some churches, there's no change required. You don't have to repent. You don't have to ask God for forgiveness. You don't have to stop doing what you're doing. Just show up. Church attending. Because they're operating in the familiar. Even the parishioner is operating in the familiar. Oh, I see brother. So I see sister. I, I see. Glad to see you here. Glad that you made up the body count today. Glad that you brought an offering. God wants obedience more than he wants a sacrifice. No change required. Why? Why is there no change required? You should be concerned about your own soul that I want change to occur. I want change to occur. You cannot sit down and read the word of God without it calling out to you, saying change must occur. You can't operate in the familiar unless the familiar is with God. John 4, 23, 24 says, but the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. What is God looking for? He's looking for those that will worship him in spirit and in truth. There is no deviation from that. There is no changing from that. There is no exception to that rule. He's looking for those. What is God looking for? Those that are worshiping him in spirit and in truth. If it's not in spirit and truth, let's look at this. It could be just in spirit. Then this is why you get people dancing around the church and running all around and doing all that they do in the service. They got it down, you know, and, and they got their little body motion and stuff like that. They got their whole little skit going when they're in service. But it's not in truth. Know the truth and the truth what? It sets us free. That means that it sets us free from all sin that would hold us, that would bring us down, that will keep us in bondage, that will cause us to die and go to hell and then after going to hell be cast into the lake of fire with the devil and his angels. Mm -hmm. The devil and his followers. And the devil is not going to be in hell, neither is he going to be in the lake of fire having a party and, and carrying on. It was created, hell and the lake of fire was created for the devil and his angels. It's a place of torment. And when you read the scripture, those spirits ask, Lord, did you come to torment us before our time? In the movies, they painted a picture that, that hell is a kingdom where Lucifer is in control. He's not in control. The Bible says that, and you go in Revelation, I'm not going to go there with you this morning, but the Bible says that during the tribulation period, while the rest of us that are holding steadfast, that are being unmovable, that sold out to God because we got the message. 
that this was necessary for us to do. And we're caught up with the Lord. The Bible says that during the tribulation period, during the, the millennial reign, that there is a strong angel. And this angel is stronger than Lucifer, also known as the devil, also known as Satan, also known as a deceiver, Diablo, whatever. Listen, that there's another angel that is stronger than him that bounds him with chains and put him into the pit where he's going to stay there. Nothing he can do. He cannot escape. He's not in charge. God is in charge. The fourth verse says, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. The wise. Are you wise this morning? Are you wise this morning? Will you be wise going forward from this moment? Those that were wise presented their lives. They had a different representation. The Proverbs 1 and 5 says, A wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel. I'm giving you some learning. I'm giving you some wise counsel this morning. Those that were wise, they did something. First off, they did not take anything for granted. They didn't take anything for granted. No, I'm all right. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I, I missed service. You know, I'm all right because I, you know, the guy's going to listen. They didn't take stuff for granted. They did not take stuff for granted. Don't take this for granted. Well, God is forgiving. He'll forgive me. The Bible said he'll have mercy on whom he will have mercy. Don't, don't let nobody mislead you and tell you that, that, listen, they did not talk or they did not take anything for granted. They took extra because they heard or they felt extra was needed. Extra is smart. That's a good thing. In basic business, we know that we should have at least you know, um, as as we start out, some of us didn't learn didn't learn this. We we learned it from the school of hard knocks that, that you should put away a little bit of money, you know, so that you may have at least six months of, of your mortgage or your rent saved up. And it don't mean that you're saving it all at one time. It's just it should consume over time. If you put away two hundred and sixty dollars um, a month from your salary, then at the end of the year, you have, here in California, you have a, a month of rent. And so you do that over time. Let's say 10 years then went by and you, employment is fine and you didn't, you didn't, you didn't get laid off of work or nothing like that. You, you'll have about $20,000 saved up and some change that you didn't dip into to buy uh, uh, your father, uh, a present for his birthday or, or anything like that. You know, <laughs> to buy your favorite brother. No, I'm just Listen. <laughs> to buy a friend. Hey, friend. You would have that money. We have to be smart. A little extra. A little extra. They heard that extra would be smart in, in case there was a delay. Thank you, Jesus. In case there was a delay. 
They learn that sometimes there is a delay in life. What causes the delay? We don't know. The Lord delayed his coming. Yes, he delayed his coming. I want you to think about that because when you go into the book of Daniel, Daniel saw the establishment of the kingdom happen immediately. He did not see the dispensation of grace where we are right now. We are in the dispensation of grace right now. Right now, church, we are in the dispensation of grace. We are not at the end of the book. We're in the dispensation of grace. So right where we are, Daniel did not see this. The Lord delayed his coming so that we could be saved. Thank you, Jesus. I believe God deserves an awesome praise and worship because of that right there. He delayed his coming. Ah, glory. Bless you, Lord Jesus. Mighty God, he delayed his coming so that you and I can be saved. Someone today, this fourth day of February, 2024, will make up in their mind that I'm going to be saved. For God, I'm going to live. I'm tired of the mess that I've done. I'm tired of the deception that has been played upon me and the deception I've played upon others. I've found out that my self-righteousness is not enough for me to be saved. And I'm surrendering all to Christ. He delayed his coming for that one. And heaven is rejoicing over that one that is repenting. Not only is heaven rejoicing, I'm rejoicing. I'm happy because someone is hearing the word. Someone else has watered. Someone else planted a seed in that soul uh, and, and someone else has watered it. Someone else is, is fertilizing and someone else is, is encouraging and they're committing to grow in God. While the bridegroom tarried, and maybe, maybe the, those that were wise, he didn't say they were always wise. But, but in this instance right now, they're wise because they took extra. Maybe they learned it from wise counsel. Maybe somebody told them, take a little extra with you. Maybe they learned it from the school of hard knocks that if I don't have extra, Something could happen. Either way, they received and embraced the message and took the time to obtain extra oil. The Bible says, while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. While the bridegroom was, was not there, while the bridegroom waited, didn't come immediately, since the time the an hour, a day, month, years had come and gone. Both the wise and the foolish slept. Sleep means that they relax. They closed their eyes, got comfortable. However, slumber nor sleep means a lack of 
unconsciousness. You, ever, you know that you go to sleep, you dream dreams. You notice that you go to sleep by now, you go to sleep. And if you're dreaming something that you don't want to dream about, you, you, you shake yourself. You wake yourself up out of that. You start praying in your dream. You, you, you'll compare what you're dreaming about to the scripture and you'll put a stop to it. Even though that you're considered sleep, person right next to you, husband or, or your wife, male or female, right next to you, may not even be aware that you have, that you are in, that you are, that your body, eyes are closed, but there's something going on in your spirit unless they discern it. And that's possible. They may discern that something's going on with you and wake up and begin to pray for you. But for those that are single, you also know that you go to sleep and you wake up you're aware in your sleep. You're not woke, but you're aware in your sleep. And you begin to call upon the Lord. While you sleep, you call calling on Jesus. You may have even woke up out of your sleep, said Jesus. They were all asleep, slumbered, had awareness that the bridegroom was going to come. Second Peter 3, 9, 11 says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness, but as long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with a fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burnt up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of person all of us need to check ourselves what manner of person ought you to be holy conversation and godliness all of us everyone no one is exempt no one is above the word it doesn't matter who type what it don't matter what your name who your family i and the word of god i Myself, my personal, I really don't care. It has to learn with the word of God. This is about your soul salvation. And the word of God has no respect of person. That's what I'm saying. It has no respect of person on any of us. We all have to conform to what God is saying or we're foolish. We're foolish. So we, right now, in this moment, right now, you need to check your character right now. Everyone need to be checking themselves right now. Eyes closed, heads bowed. You need to check yourself. Am I holy unto the Lord? Do I have enough to make it if the Lord came right now? Bless you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. If he came right now, would I make it? Would he consider me wise? Or would he consider me foolish?
saints, friends, are you presenting your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him? Are you presenting your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him? The Bible said that's our reasonable service. The only way to do that is to comply with his word. You're not complying with Pastor Henderson's word. You're not complying with any other pastor's word. You're complying to the word of God. Not your thoughts or anyone else's thoughts, but his word. The sixth verse says, and at midnight there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go out to meet him. The message is rumbling through the atmosphere right now. The bridegroom is coming. Mighty God. The bridegroom is coming. That means get ready. Told the church at the end of last year, this is a year of preparation. Get ready. Get ready. Be ready. Don't, don't let the word of God come and messages come and we just, we hear it for the moment and then we forget the message. We forget what God is saying and how to conduct ourselves. At midnight, there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. The second part of that message says, go out to meet him. Go out to meet him. Get ready. He's coming. Go out to meet him. There's two things to be done. Be ready and to go out and meet him. Then all the virgins arose. Now, I need you to really underline that. It says all the virgins arose. Now, remember, we're talking about 10 virgins, five were wise, five were foolish. And when we think about virgin, we think about someone that is chaste, someone that has kept themselves. But then we take a, a further step into it, and we find that even though they kept themselves from the natural, or they kept themselves in the natural, they did not keep themselves in the spiritual, okay? They kept themselves in the natural, but they were missing something in the spirit. Trim your lamps means to consistently care for your life. Remember the lamp represents the life. <laughs> This care involves removing what has been burnt up already, what has been used, what has been consumed. When you look at a natural lamp, and when I was growing up, my mom had some, some lamps. No, I'm not old. <laughs> but my mom had some lamps that she, she liked, and they were sitting on the piano. <laughs> and they never got burnt or anything like that. But understanding that, that had they ever been used, oil put in them and they were used, then the part that was burnt, uh, before you use it again, you would trim the, the top of that part, the part that's been burnt already. It's just like, it's just like when you get in a hairstyle, you go to get your hair done and you know, in order for them to style your hair, they have to trim those broken edges. 
And so you can think of it that way. It has to be trimmed. And so, <laughs> so it can grow and, you know, and be beautiful and all that kind of stuff as it being signaled here. <laughs> Listen, to trim your lamp means to consistently care for the, for your life, for the lamp. This care involves the removal of what has been used or what should not be used. So it would have to be cut. The, the, the draw the wick, the oil from the reservoir of the lamp, that's what the wick is used for because the wick was trimmed. That means that the flame would burn bright. Your life has to burn bright. Don't you know God is looking at your light? He's looking at your life, light, life. It is your flame clean. Is your flame burning bright? Or has it become dim by old and new relationships? Old and new relationships that, that have been, that have come along. Well, you know, God don't mind if I do. Yes, he does. Every other word is going to be accounted for what, what make you think that he don't mind? Did you ask him? Did you ask him? You know, I've learned to ask God and I, Lord, confirm what you're telling me. I need to know. And he sends a word. He confirms his word. It don't happen overnight. Sometimes it's months. But he will do it. And he'll do that in your relationship. Don't be desperate. Don't be thirsty. <laughs> Ephesians 5 and 7, 10 through the 10th verse says, Be not ye therefore partakers with them, for ye were sometime darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and, and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. Maybe it is dim by the mischaracterization a mischaracterization of the cares of this life. Maybe it has become dimmed by the sins of others and, and people or online media influence. I was I heard a pastor say um, not too long ago, and I, I killed, you know, we, we anchor above, which is our store and our hoodies and t-shirts and different things was on TikTok. And I, I began to, and we were advertising there, and I took it off of TikTok because it was so messy. All the mess. Please don't go there looking for mess. But all the mess that was on there, and I heard one pastor say, I'm, I'm an influencer. I'm, I'm a pastor, and I have ministry, but I'm an influencer. Listen, God is not saving you by the voice of an influencer. His word should be the only influence that is in our lives. And every minister and pastor should be, should be, Echoing God's word. God never said that he would speak to you through any of that. I got a word for you and somebody post a word. Listen, if I have a word for you, I'm not going to post it on social media. I'm to tell you, sister, be close to God. Brother, be close to God. Saints and friends, everybody, be close to God. Be steadfast. This word is directly to you. Be steadfast. Be unmovable. Don't sell out to anything but God. That's directly to you. 
You can share it with others. But I'm talking to others. I'm talking to everyone that's under the sound of my voice because the word of God says, my sheep know my voice and another they will not follow. Everybody is not to speak into your life. One, they don't know your life. As a shepherd, we know the life of our flock. We're supposed to. I'm supposed to know when that um, sheep is out of place. I'm supposed to know that where they've been graving at because I can see the thorns and thistles that are on them. You, you, you've been someplace you shouldn't have been. How did you get out the yard? Listen, we know those things. We know when you, you barely got away and you got bit by something. Mm-hmm. Something that you've been someplace that you should not have been. Hebrews 12 and 1. Wherefore, sin, we are also compassed about with a great witness, cloud of witness. Let us lay aside. This is something for you to do, saints. Lay aside every weight. It didn't say I was going to lay it aside for you. It didn't say that he was going to lay it aside for you. It said lay aside every weight. This is something you're supposed to do. And sin, which do so easily beset you. It is your responsibility. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. That is your responsibility. God has empowered the church. When I say the church, I'm talking about each of you that has committed them, their lives unto the Lord. He's empowered you to lay aside every weight and every sin. He's empowered you to stop, to not go there, not do that. He's given you the power. It's called Deuteronomy's power. It's his word. It's powerful. The Holy Ghost is powerful. His presence is powerful. We ought to get on the altar and trim our lamps. We ought to get on the altar and leave the trimmings. Do not trim your lamp and then get up from the altar and scrape the trimmings into your hand and take them with you. Don't do that. Leave the trimming on the altar. I'll get it. I'll get it off the altar. I'll get it up. That's the minister's responsibility. Get on the altar, trim the lamp, leave the trimmings there so that the parishioners can pick it up, not you. At midnight, when no one else would have, uh, midnight is the time that most people would be asleep, but there are those that love darkness more than light because, because their deeds are dark. Everyone would have been asleep, occupied doing the do. I'm doing doing myself. I'm doing do, you know, do you, boo, whatever. Both the foolish and the wise got up. Why? Because they heard the messenger say, the Lord is coming. Go out to meet him. Since it was dark, midnight. Now, don't, don't lose this part of the message. It was dark. We live in some dark times right now. Entertainment is at an all-time high. Everybody's into the entertainment, even the church attendees, even the parishioners. Everybody want to be in front of the camera and they want to show how well they can dance and, and, and 
And then you have people that are imitating the church. I saw some young people, younger. Now, first I thought they were really um, praising the Lord until I saw some of the shenanigans that they was doing. Then I thought I was watching the Mickey Mouse show. Entertainment. Entertainment. When it's supposed to be about the saving of souls, it has become entertainment. It's no different than, than, than when kids were growing up, you know, back in the day. Now, I, my, my, my vocation is technology. My, that's my vocation. I, I'm a data engineer by vocation. So I'm always in the system working and, and keeping the system abreast and current so that you can pull data down um, to look at it, whether it could be uh, data that you're pulling down on Netflix, data that you're pulling down through a website, data that you're pulling or pushing up to it. Listen, back in the day, kids felt sad because they didn't have that many hits. I don't have friends because no one is clicking on or taking interest in what I'm doing and they would be become depressed. Don't you know that same spirit and stuff is at work in the church today? And so people are on on social media. I'm going I'm, I'm going to say this. Acting a fool. Claiming that, well, this is the power of God, you know, and so they dancing around in front of the camera purposely. What happened to the anointing that is that is to destroy the yoke? What happened to the message of Christ and him crucified? Paul said, I don't want to know nothing among you except Christ and him crucified. I don't want to know your church business. I don't want to know anything. Why are you putting hanging dirty laundry out there? Entertainment. This is a dark time that we're in. Repentance is not necessary for salvation. People are not preaching repentance, telling folks to get right. They're too busy looking for numbers. Listen, the Lord is coming. He's coming. Go out to meet him. He's coming. Get ready to go out to meet him. Exodus 32, 6, 8 says, and they rose up early in the morning on the morrow and offered burnt offering and burnt uh, peace offering. So they, they went to they, the church attendees. They, they offered up burnt offerings. They offered up peace offerings. And the people sat down and ate. They, they heard what was being said. And they rose up to play at the end of all of that. Leviticus 10 and 1. And Nabath and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them, took either of them his censer. It's a censer that they carry. You see it sometimes in movies. You see it if you've ever been to a, 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 a Catholic church. You see them sometimes with the censer, the fire therein. And they put incense thereon and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not. They offered strange fire. People are offering strange stuff in the house of God in the name of service. It's a service. It's just not God's service. It's a service. But is it the service that God is calling for? 
Is it that service? And the foolish said to the wise, because they're now they've gone out to meet him. They've gone out to meet the Lord. And then they're going out to meet him. They, they realize that they knew this before. I, I'm just in my mind's eye, in my mind's eye, they knew this because the 10 of them were together. And at that time that they were all together, they could see each other's lamp. They may have even had a discussion that we have extra. You brought it. Did you bring some extra? Did you bring some extra? Have, have you been prayerful? Have you been fasting? Have you been seeking God? Have you been in the word? Do you have some extra that you can lean on? The foolish said unto the wise, give us of your oil. Pray for me. Well, I'm, I'm here today to tell you that sometimes when you go to the altar and you tell the pastor or the minister to pray for you, that's not enough because you are not committed. You just want prayer in that moment. You just want a feel good moment, but you're not committed. Oh my God, bless your name, Jesus. Mm. Bless your Lord. Don't you know if you're not committed right now, you're not gonna be committed then? If you're not committed to the relationship right now, and you marry someone, you are not going to be committed then. You got to be committed before. He that finds a wife, someone that is committed, someone that is trained, someone that is in the position, walking in it already, finds a good thing. They don't have nothing to worry about when the commitments are made. During the committal service, that's the commit the committal service. That's what the marriage portion when you make the vows. That's the committal service. Right now, we are committed, and we are committed. Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. We don't have enough. We cannot see where we're going. We don't know exactly what we are doing. Our lamps have gone out. We know what we're supposed to be doing. We know where we're supposed to be going. We know where we want to go. But our lamps have gone out. The wise said, not so. At least there not be enough for us. I'm going to be wise. I'm <laughs> I'm going to be wise. I'm going to be selfish. When it comes down to my soul salvation, I am selfish. We will fight. Because the kingdom of heaven suffered violent and the violent take it by force. Uh-uh. I'm not going to be bamboozled, fooled, and carried on and, and lose my salvation. No, 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 no. Mm -mm. No. I, I've been in the book of Ezekiel. Now, for me, that was a life-changing experience. I don't know what it is for you, but that was a life-changing experience for me. I learned a lot about God. I learned a lot about people. I learned a lot about what people try to sneak and do, and God is watching them to the extent that he told the, his messengers, he said, listen, go down. There are those that are crying against unrighteousness. 
There are those that are calling out against the abominations. I want you to mark them. I want you to put a seal up on them and don't touch them. But everybody else, child, mom, dad, everybody else, your mother, your uncles, whoever you think is the, the child, listen. Destroy them. I'm going to have to stop. I'm going to have to stop because time has gotten, gotten by us. But let me just read this, this little bit here. All right. And so while they went out to buy, they called themselves going to buy. I'm going to go to prayer. I'm going to go. The bridegroom came. It was too late. For those that think that, that, well, I can just quickly say, God, forgive me. And it's done deal. That's not so. What well, the thief on the cross, listen, the thief on the cross did not go to heaven. The Lord told the thief on the cross, he said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Where did Jesus go when he died? He went down into the grave. Where did the thief go? Into the grave. And he heard the message that the rest of them heard that was sometimes disobedient. So if you think that those three words, those three words are going to get you over, I want you to think again. Salvation is a lifestyle. It's not a lifestyle that's limited to the rich and famous. It's not a lifestyle that's limited. Because I read about a transit that was saved. The angels picked him up, laid him in the bosom of Abraham. And the rich man went to hell and said, I'm tormented in the flame. So for those that say, well, you're not going to be tormented, you know, or anything like that. Well, that rich person that went into hell was tormented in the flame. I'm not willing to take that chance, are you? Why they was wise, those that was wise, answer said, not so. At least there not be enough for go and get your own. And why they went to buy, the bridegroom came. They went into the marriage. Those that was wise went in and the door was shut. The door was shut. And when they came back, now didn't they, when they came back, the party was still going on. Hey, the party was still going on. They were still celebrating. And they knocked on the door. And it did not open to them. It didn't open. Now, I'm, I'm going to let you read Luke, the third, 13 chapter uh, by yourself, but um, the 20 and the 22nd verse. But it says, I, I tell you, nay, but except you repent, you shall likewise perish. The key to getting out of all of this and to going in with the bridegroom when he comes is repentance. Change must occur right now. It must occur, don't, don't put it off till tomorrow. Tomorrow's not promised to any of us. I may go home and lay down with all the plans that I have, all the things that I've written down about what I wanna do in my natural life, what I wanna do for the Lord, all of those things could change in an instance. I may just go home and lay down and not wake up. But repentance, commitment to the Lord, Presenting your body, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him is what he's looking for. That's what God is looking for. The Bible said in that 22nd verse, and I know I said I was going to stop, but let me, let me spew this out. I got to pour this out. I'm pouring it out. Luke, the 13th chapter, 22nd verse, he said, and he went through the cities and villages teaching and journeying uh, toward Jerusalem. And he said, and then one said unto him, 
Are there few that be saved? Someone asked a question. They've been listening. They were paying attention. Are there few that be saved? And he said unto them, strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. There's a lot of folks that's going to be trying to that's trying to get in. They're going to be trying in that moment. They're not trying right now, but they're going to be trying then. That means that, that if the Lord called the church home right now, now go to our website, connectingtruth.org. Go to connectingtruth.org because there is a video there that exemplifies what is going to happen when the Lord called the church home. Go there. When I see that, it terrifies me. Connectingtruth.org and look at the video. There are people that want to get in afterwards. You don't, if you can't make it now, what make you think you're going to make it thin and the power of God is not here for salvation? Remember, the saints of God are going to be caught up in the air. And that's going to take me into another teaching. And I don't have time. But the saints of God is caught up in the air with him. If we're there with him at the wedding feast and receiving rewards. And while we're there, judgment and the things that God has spoken in his word is going to be happening here. That's not a time of salvation for the Gentiles. The dispensation of grace where we are right now is our time. The Jews were blinded so that we could be grafted in. This is our time right now. Let me finish reading this. The 26th verse says, then shall they begin to say, we have eaten and we have drunk in your presence. Listen to this. This is important. We've eaten and we've drunk in your presence. We've been to church. We, we have danced and rejoiced. We heard the music going and we've eaten in your presence. We've been in your presence. We've seen the power of being moved in this church and, and people have been blessed. And, and thou hast taught in our streets. We heard the word preached and taught and exhorted. But he shall say, I tell you, I know you not whence you are. Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity. Mighty God. Bless you, Jesus. Bless you, Lord God. You need to understand. Don't be like the, the foolish. Be like the wise. Have enough. Have what you need. Whatever you need to cut out, trim your lamp, that's none blessed in your life, get rid of it now. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. It's a non-blessing position. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. So that your light, your lamp will burn bright. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You want your light to burn bright so that you can go in. Because guess what? He's, going to, he's looking at the lamp. He saw those that were... The, the five that were wise. He saw them because their light was burning bright. Come on in. Over here. He knew where they were. But they, they were being directed. They were being instructed. Come on. 
They were being invited in because their light was burning bright. You want to be invited in because your light is burning bright. God bless you. Mighty God.